Allah, all praises to Allah, all praises to Allah who guided us to Islam and to Iman and to his Mubarak house on this Mubarak hour of this Mubarak day and we were not to be guided, was it not that he had guided us? Oh Allah, to you his praises is commensurate with the majesty of your countenance and the greatness of your authority. Oh Allah, we do not limit you with any praise we can come up with ourselves, rather we admit that you're the only one who knows the true extent of your praiseworthiness. And may the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon His servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah Ta'ala be upon him and upon his noble companions and upon his Mubarak family and progeny and upon his pure wives and upon all of those who follow all of their way until the day of judgment. Allah Ta'ala said in the opening ayat of Surah Al-Ankabut, Alif Lam Mim, do the people think that they will be left to say, we believe and they will not be tested. Verily we have tested those who have come before you, so that Allah may indeed know those who are truthful in their claim and those who are liars. And in the ending ayah of this same Mubarak Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that those who struggle in our path, indeed we will guide them. Those who struggle in our way and struggle for our sakes, indeed we will guide them to our many paths. And indeed Allah ta'ala is with those people who do things with ihsan, with beauty. This is a question a person may be forgiven for thinking even though most of us, mashallah, are socially apt enough to not say these types of things out loud. What's the big deal if Allah ta'ala guides me? What's in it for me? And the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a really big deal. Forget about getting to Jannah if you didn't have the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you wouldn't make it to the bathroom from your bedroom at, in, when you wake up in the morning. If you didn't have the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you wouldn't have been able to make it to work. You wouldn't have been able to open your eyes or shut your eyes. Imagine just the signal that goes from your brain to your eyelid to blink. Without the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how would it reach where it needs to reach? How would it come back? But more than that, brothers and sisters, what does guidance mean? If I were to tell you, I bought you a, a, a brand new Tesla, it's somewhere in town. The keys are inside of it. The registration is in your name. But you have no idea where it is. What good is it to you? Obviously a person would say, where is it? Tell me where it is so I can come and take it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, has literally created for you a maqam in Jannah. There is, this comes in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu that there's no person. Whether that person's fate is of sa'ada or shaqawa, whether that person's fate is felicitousness or wretchedness, whether the person is fated to be from the people of Jannah or from the people of the hellfire, there is not one of you except for Allah Ta'ala has made for you a place in Jannah. You and I just need to figure out how to get there. Those who struggle in the path of Allah Ta'ala, struggle, go through difficulty, Allah Ta'ala will open their eyes and show them how to get to that maqam in Jannah. Allah Ta'ala will show them how to earn their risk and get their livelihood. Allah Ta'ala will show them how to fulfill their needs in this world and the hereafter. Allah Ta'ala will show them how to find that happiness which eludes so many people. It eludes so many people who have money, so many people who have health, so many people who have power. It eludes so many people. If Allah Ta'ala doesn't show you how to get there, you're not going to be able to take advantage of it, even if it's a treasure that's bigger than a person can imagine. What is the way to be shown the path to those things that you need and that I need in order to be successful in this world and the hereafter? It's mujahada, it's struggle in the path of Allah Ta'ala. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in his book very simply. It's a surah, surah, surah al-Nazi'at is a surah of Juz Amma. Perhaps our children even know it. As for the person who's crooked, as for the person who's rebellious, and that person prefers the life of this world over the hereafter. Indeed, for that person, the blazing fire is their abode. This is not a joke. The Islam that we've made for ourselves, the Islam of pick and choose, the Islam of have it your way, the Islam of being told constantly those things that affirm us and never being told the truth that we need to hear, even if it's bitter. The Islam of fiqh optional, that you can pick and choose whether something you feel is halal and you feel is haram. And then afterward, if you ever receive a correction from anybody, you cut that person off, you block them out. If you ever receive a correction from anybody, you say, Allah knows what's inside of my heart. Yes, brothers and sisters, Allah knows what's inside of your heart and He knows what's inside of my heart as well. He's the one who sent down the sharia, not as a punishment, but as a mercy. He's the one who sent His Rasul وسلم, with this deen, not as a punishment, but as a mercy. He's the one who created the treasure. He's the one who created the happiness. He's the one who created the eternal bliss for you and for me. And He's the one who gave us the instructions on how to get there. In that struggle itself is a mercy if a person only knew. But this is what? This is a cheap trick of the nafs, that a person doesn't want to ever go through any difficulty. And a person wants to enjoy right now and not think about tomorrow. Don't you see how this way of thinking is disaster for this world and it's disaster for the hereafter? To think about this right here and right now, what's in front of you, not think about what's going to happen tomorrow. Fear Allah Ta'ala and let every soul look what is prepared for tomorrow. And fear Allah. This preparation for what you have prepared and what I have prepared for tomorrow. There's a great mercy in it to only think about today, to only think about here and now, to only think about the thing that's going to make me happy right now and not think about what the consequence is going to be for tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, this is a recipe for destruction in this world. It's a recipe for destruction in the hereafter. You don't need to be a person who reads the Quran in order to understand that. Every kafir knows that as well. That if you don't think and you don't plan for tomorrow, you're going to destroy yourself. The benefit that we have as believers that a person that doesn't know Allah or His Rasul doesn't have, is that we know that that destruction, it doesn't end with your physical death, rather it lasts forever and ever in the hereafter. May Allah Ta'ala be our protection from such an end. Allah Ta'ala says that the one who's crooked, the one who deviates, that, and that, the one who prefers the life of this world over the hereafter, Allah Ta'ala is prepared for that person. What? the blazing fire as an eternal abode. And as for the one who fears his Lord, as for the one who fears the day he's going to stand in front of his Lord, and is able to tell his own ego, is able to tell his own nafs, no, from all of those things that it desires. What is the eternal abode of such a person? It's Jannah. It's na'imun muqim. It's that established and eternal blessing from the Rabb tabaraka wa ta'ala, from the Lord tabaraka wa ta'ala. Now tell me something. Is there any mercy in indulging your nafs if it's going to end up in the fire? There's no mercy in it whatsoever. And tell me something. Is there any cruelty in saying no to your nafs and forbidding your nafs from its desire if it's going to end 
in a maqam forever and ever with the awliya of Allah wa ta'ala. Absolutely, there's no cruelty in it whatsoever. It is itself ainu rahma, it is mercy itself by definition. But why is it that we run away from this reminder? Why is it that we run away from this reminder? Even though Allah Ta'ala is the one who says, وَسَيُجَنَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَ الَّذِي يَصْلَ النَّارَ الْكُبْرَى ثُمَّ لَا يَمُوتُ فِيهَا وَلَا يَحْيَا The only one who will run away from this reminder, the only one who will avoid this reminder, is the ashqa, the most wretched of people. The one who will be roasted in the greatest of fires, in which he will neither die, but nor will he quite be alive. Brothers and sisters, there is a great benefit and a great mercy in embracing this mujahada, embracing this sacrifice, embracing the struggle for the sake of Allah. Don't you see if something is worth having, it's worth working for? We know in our own dunya that the person who wishes to work out and become strong, you have to go to the gym. It's funny when you see people going to the gym. The first time anyone goes to the gym, they see like these people like bench pressing 300 pounds and they say, yeah, I can do that, that looks easy. You say, okay, hold on, hold on a second, slow down there, buddy. And you hand them just the bar with no weight on it. They say, oh, I can do this. And they struggle even to push the bar up. Many of us may have gone through this experience ourselves at some point. It's difficult. The first time you come home, you're in pain. And the next day, you're in a lot of pain. What is the point of it? So that you can live in pain for the rest of your life? No, you get over it. After 10 days, you'll start putting on more weight. After 20 days, you'll start putting on more and more weight. After a year, you'll put on weight like the big boys are putting on. You'll not only put on more weight, but when you work out, you'll come home, you're not going to be sore. And the person who runs away from that, that person will be weak for the rest of their life. So people will pay money to a personal trainer, literally to goad and prod them and incite them and insult them and encourage them and support them whichever way they can, positive or negative, in order for them to go through that pain so that they can reach a state which is superior to the state that they're in. If there's anyone ever, I mean, this is funny because the same, the same habits that make us failures as human beings, not just as Muslims, as human beings, the same habits that make us failures in this world are the same habits that make us failures in the hereafter and the same habits that make us successful in this world are the same ones that make us successful in the hereafter. The Rasul ﷺ himself said this, that the best of you in Jahiliyyah will be the best of you in Islam as long as you bother to understand this deen. You see like Facebook has all kinds of weird ads, Twitter, social media. If you buy this like gimmicky weird exercise band or if you buy this gimmicky uh, uh, diet plan or whatever, you don't have to do anything. You'll become this big built ripped monster type guy, you know, only in four months. And people fall for it. Literally, people fall for it every day. What's the worst that will happen? You'll be out of $100, $200, $300, and you'll be out of shape after another week. You'll try it and fail once, twice, three times until you wise up and you know that you cannot achieve anything physically with your own health without putting in substantial amounts of effort. It's not that big of a deal. It's a fraud you fell for. It. You'll have a laugh about it afterward with your friends, even though you may be upset in the short term. But brothers and sisters, when you do this with your deen, when you do this with your deen, and you quote ayat of the Qur'an out of context, you say, وَمَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ And you would neglect to mention that the beginning of that ayah, that's not the beginning of the ayah, nor is it the entire ayah. The beginning of the ayah is what? وَجَاهِدُوا فِي اللَّهِ حَقَّ جِهَادِهِ 
When you tell people Allah Ta'ala didn't make any difficulty for you in the deen, and you don't mention that this is not the beginning of the ayah, nor is it the complete ayah. The beginning of the ayah is what? Strive in Allah's way as is His right that you should strive. Now tell me something, is the right of Allah Ta'ala small or is it great? It's greater than a person can imagine, it's greater than a person can fathom, it's overwhelming. And then afterward when he says that he didn't make the deen difficult for you, what does this mean? There's a context for it. The meaning is what? Don't complain. Keep working. Because with great, with great difficulty comes great help. With great difficulty comes great help. But it doesn't mean that a person should water their deen down because it becomes hard at some point. You don't water down, you double down. It's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ narrated in Sahih Bukhari nonetheless. And it's a hadith Qudsi in which the Messenger of Allah ﷺ relates that Allah Ta'ala says, My slave, when my slave comes to me a hand's breadth, shibran, a hand's breadth, from the tip of the middle finger to the wrist, I come to him a cubit. What is a cubit? A cubit, it's a very biblical term, it's a dhira'ah. It's the amount that's from the tip of the middle finger till the tip of the elbow. You come this small amount and Allah Ta'ala comes this amount. And if my slave comes to me a cubit, then I'll come to him a, a, an arm span. A person's arm span is generally as, as wide as that person is tall. You come a little bit, you move a little bit toward Allah and look how much he moves toward you. If my slave comes a hand's breadth, I come to him a cubit. And if he comes to me a cubit, I come to him an arm span. And if he comes to me walking, I come to him running. If he comes to me walking, I come to him running. Now tell me something, is struggling in the path of Allah Ta'ala a difficulty that Allah Ta'ala has cruelly imposed upon you and I, or is it a mercy? It's a mercy you and I cannot even imagine. It's a mercy you and I cannot even imagine. Just like that person going to the gym, just like that person improving their health, is a mercy. Just like that person saving their money in order to buy a house and a car, rather than blowing it off on cigarettes and alcohol and gambling, is a mercy. Rather, we don't make a qiyas, an analogy between the two. Because saving money for a house is an entirely material proposition. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does it mean if Allah ta'ala comes to you running, if He loves you that way, that you came to Him walking and He says, I come to my slave running. What does that mean? Will anything harm you in this world? Will anything harm you in the hereafter? Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu when he was being tortured by Umayyah and he was about to be killed. And he was saying, Ahadun Ahad, that, I, that, that, that Allah is the one and the only. Allah is the one and the only. It comes in the narrations that he said in the moment of that, in, the, in those moments, those difficult moments that I felt like a, my, my ruh, my spirit was like a bird caged inside of a cage and it was anticipating the, the moment of freedom. It was anticipating the moment of freedom. Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Person gets out of, let out of jail, is it a bad thing or is it a good thing? It's a beautiful thing. But your own nafs, my own nafs, shaitan has fooled you and fooled me into thinking what? That somehow if we start praying five times a day, if we wake up for fajr, if we wake up for tahajjud, if we fast on a Monday or a Thursday, sometime, if we give up something for the sake of Allah, somehow we'll be sad, we'll be wretched. It's going to make us unhappy. Don't you know Allah Ta'ala is the one who sent down on the heart of his Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Al-Taha مَا أَنزَلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنَ لِتَشْقَى إِلَّا تَذْكِرَةً لِمَنْ يَخْشَى يَا مُحَمَّدْ عَلَيْكَ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ 
We did not send this Qur'an down upon you so that you could be wretched. So everybody else enjoys and you're unhappy. So that everybody else is having fun and you're in pain. No, rather Allah Ta'ala sent this Qur'an down on the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam A reminder for the one who fears Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala so that you can win, you can, you can, you can earn that happiness that lasts forever. That happiness for which there is no qiyas, there is no analogy. But brothers and sisters, our own nufus, our own selves, forget about shaitan. Shaitan is easy to deal with. The one that's hard to deal with is the own nafs that, that you ha have between your sides, that I have between my own two sides. Has fooled us into thinking. If we don't care, carry the poison of haram, if we don't carry the poison of evil inside of our hearts, if we don't depend on money and we don't depend on, uh, on, on other people and we don't depend on the creation, somehow we're going to be made fools of. Somehow we're going to become wretched, we're going to be unhappy. If you were able to help yourself, you would have helped yourself. If you're able to help yourself, you would have let yourself live forever, but you know you're going to die, I know I'm going to die. If we were able to do anything for ourselves, we would have done it by now. Haven't we tried hard enough? Isn't it time to leave? To leave depending on that thing that's failed us every single time. And depend on the one that never failed. Depend on the one who never let anyone down, Jalla wa'ala. This is the secret of mujahada. This is the secret of sacrifice for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. It's not that Allah Ta'ala wants you to be upset or angry. It's not that Allah Ta'ala wants you to be sad or to be deprived. Rather, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala asks you for so little and He gives you so much in return. He asks you for so little and He gives you so much in return. Now brothers and sisters, Alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl, if you look at the state of the Ummah right now, look at our brothers and sisters in Yemen, look at our brothers and sisters in Sham, look at our brothers and sisters in Burma, look at our brothers and sisters literally in concentration camps in Turkestan. Look at our brothers and sisters who are literally uh, uh, sitting under the weight of the highest concentration occupation in the world in Kashmir. And that's on top of the many countries of the Muslim world in which they're going through difficulty. That itself would be a difficulty that many of us would run away from and some of us in fact have run away from. Compared to those people, the difficulty and the sacrifice and the struggle we do is very little. It's very little and we thank Allah Ta'ala for that. We don't feel guilty for it, rather we thank Him for it. But brothers and sisters, I implore you and I remind myself that we have to keep taking the struggle upon us. We have to keep taking the struggle upon us. Not only for our sake, but for the sake of others, for the sake of those who cannot carry that weight and carry that burden on their own selves. So that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will save us from the wabal and the destruction of following our own egos for ourselves and save those of us who are buckling under the yoke of oppression in different parts of the world. If you're in good health, spare some of your health by going and studying the deen and teaching it to somebody else. If you have time, spare some of your time by serving the masjid, by serving the poor. If you have wealth enough that you have a place to live, alhamdulillah, and you have food to eat, alhamdulillah, you have a car, you have your needs taken care of, then don't just think that more is better. Give some part of that for the sake of Allah Ta'ala for those who need help. Both in this community and around the world, there are people in this masjid right now that struggle to pay their bills. There are people in this community, single mothers who cannot be in the masjid because they have to take care of children and work full time. And they have to go to churches then to ask for food. And they're forced to sit in, 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 in mass in order to ask for food, ask for help. If we don't go out and look for those people, if we don't support those people, Allah will ask us about them. If we support those people, Allah will give us barakah and blessing. You have to take a little bit of that struggle upon yourself. Allah Ta'ala doesn't ask anyone to kill themselves and He doesn't ask anyone to destroy themselves. 
But at the same time, That thing which is not attained in completion, it's also you don't have the right and you don't have the uh, you don't have the right and you don't have the permission to leave it completely either. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يقول الرب تبارك وتعالى في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وصدق الله العظيم وأقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم لسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم